He is worthy of our praise. Let's pray together. Dear God, we are gathered in this place this morning to praise the name of Jesus Christ. And it's only because you have accomplished our redemption by your grace, your glorious grace, you have called us to yourself. And it is our great joy to be able to express honor and praise to you through song and Lord, to open your word and to look to your truth to guide us in our lives as we wait for the return of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a joy to be here with you this morning. Pastor Paul invited me. I was glad to accept the invitation to come. Pastor Paul has been a blessing to me throughout the years, and it's a joy uh, to be here with you in, in Markham. Uh, it's a joy to be uh, partnered with you in the gospel and in ministry in, in the GCC uh, to, for me to get to know me here these last couple of years uh, in his role, uh, similar to mine at Durham, has just, again, been a great encouragement. And so to be here to open the word of God with you all uh, is a blessing. And, and to be able to see Jacob baptized this morning, what what a joy to see him take this step in his walk with the Lord. Our walk with the Lord is a constant theme throughout Scripture, isn't it? It's also a theme of one of my favorite books. Maybe it's a favorite of some of yours as well. I'm thinking of The Pilgrim's Progress. And in The Pilgrim's Progress, the author, John Bunyan, he chronicles the life of a man named Christian, fittingly, who departs from his homeland on a trek toward the celestial city. And there's a path that Christian is told he needs to stay on. And this path is called the way. And he's traveling along the way toward the gates of the city. And if you've read the book, or if not, maybe you you might just imagine that the problem is along the way there are many alternate routes. There are many diversions placed Uh, in front of him, intended to pull him off course. There's forks in the road where he needs to make a a choice. Will he go uh, one way or will he go the other? And sometimes there are smoother, easier-looking trails than the one that he is on. And there are points in the book where Christian goes down the wrong path. At one such time, Christian and his companion, who's called Hopeful, they're walking along the way, and the way becomes difficult. Their feet begin to hurt. The ground is uneven. They long for a calmer, more leisurely path, and as they tarry along, they look out to their left, and beyond the fence, they see a smooth, grassy meadow. They also see a fence, along the fence, a stile. And if you don't know what a style is, don't worry, I had to look it up as well. It's an old English word that just talks of a few steps, just, just simple steps that we would climb up to maybe get over a fence as such. And on the other side, as I said, they, they see a much smoother terrain, they, they see an easier path, and lo and behold, it's running in the exact same direction that they're going. They leave the way. They go over the fence and initially all seems well. But then comes the darkness. Night falls. 
they have some trouble seeing where they're going. And then add to that, the rain begins to fall. The thunder roars, the lightning flashes. They're in the midst of a storm. And then they realize that just on ahead of them, there is an awful deep pit. And they realize they need to turn back. They turn back to go back over the fence, but they couldn't make it to the stile from which they came. So they find a place to rest, to to take cover for the night. They, They fall asleep only to awake, finding themselves having been taken prisoners by the wicked, evil giant, giant despair. He brings them to his castle. He locks them up. And there they find themselves in a terrible place. Wisdom says this is the right path. Stay on it. And the wise person says, okay, I will. Biblical wisdom says God's way is always better than my way. It's always better than any other way that I might think might be just as good as God's way. We're meant to see this in the Pilgrim's Progress, and we're meant to see this in the book of Proverbs. If you haven't already, turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. And Maybe by way of reminder for most of you, when we read through the Proverbs, we cannot help but to adopt, uh, just as Bunyan did, this view of life as a path, as as a way in which we walk, as, as a journey that we follow. God says, trust me. Don't follow your own wisdom, your, your own feelings and intuitions. Instead, prioritize my directions, and I will make sure that you get to where it is you really want to go. Yet so often we're tempted, aren't we, to leave the path and find our own way, just as Christian and hopeful did. Many times we we turn off the righteous path because we think that we've discovered a better way. We, We know better, only to find that my way, again, leads to danger and despair. So having said all this, very simply, this is what I want to put before us from God's word this morning. When we're committed to God's way, this will go well for us. But if we go our own way, it will not go well for us. Very simple, right? If we're committed to following God's way, this will go well for us. But if we go our own way, this will not go well for us. Let's read Proverbs 3. Five and six together. The word of God says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Here we find the answer to the question How do I stay on the right path? How, how do I make sure that I stay walking on God's path in God's way and not my way? And first, God's word says this, surrender your heart. Surrender your heart. That's the first part of verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Entirely put your whole life into his hands, believing that, that he alone 
is a more than capable guide. Trust him with all your heart that he is who he says he is, that his ways are the best ways, even if they are sometimes confusing to us and we don't understand and and it's uncomfortable. Take confidence that his promises are true, that his ways are the best ways, and that no matter what, if you belong to him through faith in Jesus Christ, he will never neglect to take care of you along life's journey. The most important words here in these verses are these the Lord. The Lord. If we don't get this right, then we will get these verses out of order. We will misunderstand and even misapply what these verses are calling us to do and what they are promising for us. And so we need to make sure we're thinking rightly about the Lord. The Lord of glory who who sits on his heavenly throne, the the eternal Lord who is all-powerful, all-wise, all-knowing. The the Lord who came to this earth to save us from our sins, to to die a sinner's death after living a perfectly righteous life, to be raised again, seated at the, the right hand of God the Father, coming again in glory to save his people. We need to remember who the Lord is and that he is utterly trustworthy. He is worthy of our trust. There, there is no one else but the Lord. And so when the scriptures call us to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, we can see that, yes, this is the one to whom we must put, or in whom we must put all of our trust. All We, we must also take notice of that little word. Walking in his way requires nothing short of complete and total commitment. So we're faced to examine our own hearts even this morning and to ask the question, am I trusting the Lord with all of my heart? Am I fully surrendered to him? And there is, of course, a sense in which none of us can say we have this nailed down 100%, but this ought to be the resolve of each one of our hearts. Lord, I, I trust you completely. You, you have all of me. There's nothing I'm holding back. My heart belongs to you. This is what wholehearted sounds like. And this is what we're called to this morning. I I know these these verses in the Proverbs, these, I would say, are the most famous two verses in the entire book of Proverbs. And uh, there's a danger here that we could know these verses off by heart. We we could have them hanging on our wall at home. We could have them memorized. We could uh, quote them to one another. And yet, um, maybe not sincerely meditate on the, the, the complete devotion that is called for in these familiar verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Surrender your heart to him. That is what we are again called to this morning. And I know that as I say these words, there may be some in this room who are faint-hearted. Maybe you're weary from life's journey, you, you want to have wholehearted trust in the Lord, but you're burdened and you're weighed down. Maybe you feel like the path you're on 
is hurting your feet, so to speak. And you wonder if maybe there's a better way. You wonder if the Lord is indeed guiding you. And I just want to remind you of what the prophet Isaiah wrote down. On behalf of the Lord, he said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Maybe you need to hear those words this morning and and be reminded that uh, the strength that each one of us needs to trust the Lord with all of our hearts. We don't have to muster that up on our own. We can look to him and he will help us. He will strengthen our faith. Some of you this morning, maybe it's not that you're faint-hearted, but but maybe you're half-hearted. Maybe as you walk this Christian life and you're seeking to Follow the Lord. Maybe you've got one foot on the path and one foot off the path. Maybe you trust the Lord with some of your heart, but not with all of your heart. You're partial hearted. The scriptures would say you have a divided heart. You trust some of the times, but sometimes you don't. And if that's you, God is again calling you today to make today the day when you renew your commitment to trust in him with all of your heart. To surrender all of life to him. Some of you, when it comes to trusting in the Lord, all isn't even in the discussion because the reality is maybe maybe you don't trust the Lord with any of your heart. Maybe you're no-hearted when it comes to the Christian faith. And if that's you this morning, then I just need to tell you, uh, out of love for you, that this path, apart from Jesus Christ, leads only to one place, and that is eternal judgment. It leads to condemnation. It leads to uh, an eternity apart from the Lord. Trusting the Lord at its core is trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. That is where uh, life with him begins. It is acknowledging that you are a sinner in need of a savior. That you could never stand before the Lord and um, declare your own righteous standing and and say, I'm good enough, I I lived a good enough life to enter into your presence. We could never do that. We're fooling ourselves if we think that we could. Each one of us is under the curse of sin, we, we've rebelled against the Lord and we deserve eternal judgment. And yet Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Believe that I died for the sins of the world. Believe that I rose again and I, I will offer you new life and everlasting life if you will trust me with all of your heart. He will lead us on the path to eternal life. If you want to be wise, if you're here in this church and you're wondering what it means to be wise and what it means to have faith and what it means to trust in the Lord, this is what it means to trust Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. This is the beginning of wisdom. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been searching for a way, for for the way. And again, I just need to tell you, Jesus says, I am am the way. I am the way. However your heart might be characterized, the scripture calls you to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, to go down this path, to to walk in this way, 
God's way, not my way. Second, in order to walk this way, the word of God calls us to renew your mind. It calls you to renew your mind. This is the second part of verse 5. It says, and do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean. In other words, do not try to support yourself. Do not rely on your own understanding. Don't put your confidence in your own ability to discern the best way to go. Don't trust in yourself. Don't lean on your own understanding. But keep on God's way. Listen, understanding most of the time, it's a really good thing in the book of Proverbs. But when it speaks of understanding that has its foundation in what we think is best as opposed to God's Uh, revealed will in the scriptures, then this is not a good thing. Our own understanding is faulty. Our own understanding is unreliable. And we must recognize this. We must uh, see that to lean on ourselves is, is utterly foolish and it always will lead us down the wrong path. In God's word, it calls us to be continually transformed by the renewing of our minds so that our thinking aligns with his thinking. He he calls us not to put confidence in our own trying to navigate this life, but to put our confidence in him, to to trust in him. And listen, there's a reason, isn't there, church? Isn't there a reason why the scriptures have to tell us, have to command us, not to lean on our own understanding. It's because we do it all the time, right? We do this all the time. Like, like Christian and hopeful, we, we look for a better way. We put our trust in our own course and we neglect to trust the Lord and to stay on his path. We follow my way and not God's way. We find ourselves in life, don't we, in this constant battle of tug of war where it's, it's us on both sides, right? It's our old heart on one side longing to do it my way, pulling in one direction, and then it's my new heart in Christ pulling in the other direction. And one team is called God's instruction, and the other team is called my own understanding. And listen, friends, wisdom is the ongoing repetition of quitting the wrong team, of just dropping the rope of letting go of any pull to be led by our own understanding, confessing that that on the path of life, we're just, we are completely unable to be our own tour guide. I'm not my own best counselor. You know, the world tells us, follow your heart. You can do it. You, You can do anything you put your mind to. And it's just not true. We need to depend on the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. Because, you know, when we lean on our own understanding, if we, if we just boil it all down, what are we saying? I know better than God, right? I know better than God. There's really no middle ground in this. I love what Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 26 says. It says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. So we need to ask ourselves, what are some indicators that I might be doing this, that I'm leaning on my own understanding? And we probably 
you know, we probably don't come right out and say things like this, but I've just jotted down a, a few that I think might be helpful for you and I to think about as we examine uh, our, own, um, our own choices that we make as we uh, walk down, as we tarry towards the celestial gates. Sometimes we say this, I think I know what really matters. I think I know, I think I know what really matters. As, as if uh, some things matter to God and some things don't matter to God and, and we can just um, pick and choose in our walk, what areas of life we're going to be sincere in our devotion to the Lord, and then maybe there's some other areas where we think it just actually doesn't matter how I live. And that's not true. We lean on our own understanding when we do this, and it's to our own peril. How about this one? I think I have a great memory. Again, I don't think we're going around saying these words out loud, but I think this might articulate how we sometimes operate when we choose the path upon which we will walk. I think I have a great memory as, as if, listen, past time spent in God's word will suffice to carry me through for extended periods of time in my life where I need to discern which way I ought to go. And listen, uh, church, I just need to maybe burst that bubble. We're not that good at remembering God's word. We need to spend daily time in God's word, making sure we are seeking the Lord to direct our paths. How about this one? I I think I don't need to listen. As if we know what the Bible says, and yet we tried it and it didn't work, and so we think, I have to find a different path. Right? I, I don't need to listen to that. That doesn't apply to me. That, that doesn't work. Or, or maybe God has put a brother or sister into our lives to, to, to call us to get back on God's path and we think, well, I don't need to listen to you. This is relying on our own understanding and again, it's to our own destruction and danger. And then finally, how about this one? I, I think I do need to listen. I say this tongue-in-cheek because there are so many voices in this world, right, that are just trying to uh, pound uh, philosophical ideas about life into our hearts and our minds, trying to tell us how we ought to walk, how we ought to journey in this course of life. And we need to tell those voices sometimes to just be quiet. We, we need to shut them out. We, we, don't, we, we think we need to listen, but we, we don't need to listen. We don't need to listen to what the world has to tell us. And, and that might be for you. It might be on social media. It, it might be on regular media. It might be in, in shows that you watch. It might be in books that you read. It might be on the internet. It, it might be friends, family, coworkers who are speaking into your life. And we need to recognize that there are so many voices. The enemy is at work to pull us off course. And, and when we think we need to listen to these other voices, it's only pulling us off course. And really, in reality, that's just another way of us leaning on our own understanding when we think we need to listen to other voices that are in opposition to the word of God. Do not lean on your own understanding. Renew your mind. So first, surrender your heart. Second, renew your mind. Next, to make sure you're walking in God's way. Number three, declare your allegiance. 
declare your allegiance, or I might say it like this, demonstrate your allegiance. This is the beginning of verse 6. In all, there's that word again, right? Remember, total life commitment. There are no exceptions here. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And I think the best way to describe what we're being told to do here when the scriptures command us to acknowledge the Lord, I think it's this, in every area of life, in, in every hour of every day, in every thought, word, and deed, we need to affirm the Lord to be our master, and we need to sincerely ask this question, what would please him here? What would please him right here and now in this circumstance, in this situation, in this relationship, and then you know what? We, we just need to do that. That's what it means to acknowledge the Lord in, in all our ways. Some of you might um, know this famous song by Frank Sinatra called My Way. You know that one? I did it my way. He looks back on his life and he proudly declares, I did it my way. Listen, friends, that is a fool's song, isn't it? The song we want to be able to sing when we stand before the Lord is, Lord, I did it your way. And some of you, perhaps as you're hearing this message, as you're looking down at, at God's word and you're seeing these words in, in the pages of scripture, you, you recognize there is an area in your life that you know you're not pleasing the Lord. You're, you're not walking in the way that God calls you to walk. You're not acknowledging him as your master. And if this is you this morning, then a decision needs to be made. Will you acknowledge him in every step of life's path? Will you demonstrate your allegiance to him? This is what it means to live a life of wisdom, but more than that, a life of worship. See, when we read the Proverbs, we're not talking about living wisely enough to gain entrance into the kingdom of God, right? We're looking at what it means to live a wise life that is pleasing to the Lord as a sacrifice of worship to the one who has saved us. And I know that sometimes, oftentimes maybe, I would say, this doesn't come easy, does it? But here's what we need to be reminded of, that what's easy or hard should never be the determining factor in which path we follow. We need to look to the Lord and we need to go His way along life's path. And our map to know the way as we travel through the years on this earth that God has given to us, must be the word of God, right? This is our map. Life is a million little steps. And each of these steps are choices. And in each of these choices, you're going to decide whether you will acknowledge the Lord or or not acknowledge the Lord. Whether your allegiance is going to be to God's way or to your own way. And God's word calls us again in all your ways, in all your ways to acknowledge him. When this is our heart, then the end of verse 6 teaches us to do this. Stay your course. Stay your course. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and, and what he will make straight your paths. Live my way, says the Lord, and I will keep you on the path. Do what is wise. Trust me with your whole heart. Don't, don't trust in your own understanding. Don't, don't lean on, on your own navigation. Acknowledge me everywhere. Acknowledge me at all times, and, and I will direct your course in the best possible way. I will lead you. In other words, God says, walk down your path following these commands and you won't go crooked. If you're committed to God's way and and you're surrendering your heart to him, you're renewing your mind, you're declaring your allegiance, then then listen, you can put one foot in front of the other each day and, and make every decision with confidence knowing that the Lord is directing your path. It doesn't have to be that constant tug-of-war match. It doesn't have to be God's way versus my way. Instead, it can be God's way is my way. This is what it means to live life well. Not that life won't be hard at times. This is not a promise that God will take all the difficulties out of our path, that it will always be smooth, that our feet will never hurt, that that our hearts will never be heavy. But it does mean that as we walk along life's path, the Lord will show us the solid ground upon which to place each next step. It does mean he will carry us so that we will not slip and fall. Psalm 107 in verse 7 says, Of those whom the Lord has redeemed, it says, He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Think about those words. He led them, those who love him, those who have trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, he led them by a straight way until they reached a city to dwell in. That is um, where our path is leading. We're looking forward to that day when uh, the city of God will descend from heaven and, and God's dwelling place will be with man and we will be with him where he is for all eternity. No more sorrow, no more sin, right? No more tears, no, no more pain, no more straying off course. What a glorious day that will be. This is the day that we're waiting for. This is the journey that we're on. When the pilgrims left their way, And they tried to get back to the right path that God had called them to walk on. There came a moment when they realized what they had done. And what I found to be such striking words from Christian to hopeful, he he turns to his traveling companion 
and almost uh, in a sense of bewilderment, he says, who could have thought that this path should have led us out of the way? We never expect it, do we? We, we think we know better than God. We think we have a better um, sense of what path to follow. And we thought, oh, I never thought this was going to lead me here. It's such foolishness, isn't it? Christian and hopeful, they, they wished that they had stayed on the way. After they had left God's path, they, they wished that they had never gone over and sought another path. And um, they endured much uh, pain in the dungeon that they were held captive in. And by God's grace, uh, they were able to escape from the enemy's land. It's a, a wonderful story of escape. You need to go, if you haven't read The Pilgrim's Progress, I would encourage you to pick that up. They got out of the enemy's land. They, they went back to the original steps from which they'd gone out of the way. They climbed over to the other side. They, they found their right footing again. And, and yet, before they continued along the path, they thought of others who might come after them, who, who also might be prone to wander. And they drove a, a post into the ground, and they made an engraving on it. They put up a sign that said these words, Over this style is the way to Doubting Castle. This is kept by giant despair who despiseth the king of the celestial country and seeks to destroy his holy pilgrims. This morning, friends, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is such a sign for us. And so how do we make sure we're walking in God's way and not my way? Well, how about this? We can't merely hang the sign up on the wall. God is speaking personally to you and, and to me, and he's, he's saying, be wise. Take my words to heart. I, I know they have a poetic ring to them, but, but really, look at these words. Let them soak into your heart. Commit to follow these words. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust me. Trust me. Acknowledge me in every step, and I will make straight your paths. And so I come this morning to call you to be wise, to be wise and to choose God's way, not my way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, we again bless you in the name of Jesus Christ as we bow our heads and acknowledge that God, we are so prone to wander. We often, um, Lord, neglect to follow your way. And so we ask, God, that you would take our hearts uh, this morning, that you would have mercy upon us, and that you would work in us to cause us to fix our gaze upon you, to look to your help, to stay on your path, to keep us from wandering. God, we pray that um, in a fresh way, in a new way, in, in, in a committed way today, these words would take root in our hearts again. 
and that you would lead us on your path. That you would warn us, God, that that you would uh, instruct us when we are going off course and call us um, to come back to you and to your way, the best way. And we, God, we ask not because we deserve this, but because we appeal to your glorious grace. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen.